Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Well, ladies and gentlemen, what a wild weekend at Darlington Raceway. It was throwback weekend. We had the trucks, Xfinity, and Cup Series in action. The Cup race ended in a little bit of controversy. Well, I wouldn't say a little bit, a lot of controversy on Twitter, social media, and even at the racetrack. William Byron and Joey Logano tangling. It was Joey Logano who came out with the win, but the way he did it was in question, which is something we have talked about this year with uh, some different drivers. So we'll get to talk about, again, a little bit different circumstances here, but we'll talk all about the finish between Joey Logano and William Byron. We'll talk about Xfinity. We'll talk about truck. We'll talk about Formula One, who was racing in the inaugural Miami Grand Prix this weekend and much more on the pot. We'll kick off the show per usual with our thanks to a great partner, Bet Online. They continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find out all the latest sports developments, including updated odds in the NBA and NHL playoffs, Major League Baseball, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started, so head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code BLEAV, that is B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, it's where the game starts. All right. So as I mentioned, it was Darlington this weekend. F1 was in Miami. Um, so we'll be able to talk about both on the show today, but we'll kick it off with talking about Darlington. I got my good friend, Matthew, back on the show. My man, you were, uh, I know you were in Miami this weekend on, on Friday. We'll talk to that. We'll talk about that in the middle of the show. I know you had a busy weekend, but first of all, how, how, how was it? How'd you take in the cup race? And I know, I know you saw the end of the cup race. You saw Logano, you saw Byron. That's what we're going to kick off the show with. A lot of people had their opinions on on social media and at the racetrack and the drivers had their own opinions. Uh, what was your take? Yeah, thanks for having me again. It's it's uh, nice to be back on here. I know it's been a little bit of a break, but um, yeah, yesterday was a pretty, pretty hectic day for me, so I didn't really see much of the cup race. Last 100 laps, watching Byron and Logano, uh, definitely got my heart pumping a little bit. It's not, you know, the last couple of races have been quite interesting in the cup series. The finishes like Bristol Dirt and now here at Darlington, so... Not something I would have expected. Um, I didn't watch the restart that closely, I guess, to see Byron pit up Logano into the wall. And I didn't notice it that closely. So when he came back, I was like, all right, Joey just wanted to be done and dusted with it. He didn't want to deal with it because usually the guy will come up and, you know, try to pass him. And then with only a lap and a quarter to go for Joey, you know, he'd wait and wait or try to pass him in the next corner. And with Byron having the outside, maybe he'd prevail you know, and, and Joey would never be able to pass him. So in my head, I was like, okay, Joey just wanted to get it over with as quick as possible. But then going back and seeing that a lot of people had a lot of takes, obviously it's Joey Logano, not a fan favorite for me. I don't look at it in that particular way. So I think it was fair in a way. Um, it did not fit the crime. Like it wasn't exactly the same. He pinned him up, but he didn't finish him off. Joey kind of finished him off there with that bump. In my opinion, I think Joey was going to win the race no matter what. I think he would have got past him cleanly. That would have been a great finish, a better finish probably for the fans. He was so much faster than him at the end of the race. Even Byron said that his back end was, you know, going off. His right rear wasn't uh, as as uh, as glued to the track as it was in the beginning of the run. We were speaking on here before that Byron didn't really have a good long run car. Joey had a good car, best of both worlds. I think Joey would have won the race no matter what. I don't have a particular problem with what he did. But he can't be mad if Byron comes back and bites him, you know, with some with some, some retaliation. I think the best part of this, and we'll get into this, but Byron's race reaction, his post-race interview, finally to get that emotion out of him, it was great yeah. to see. Yeah, some somewhat of an emotion for sure. I mean, I'm, I'm sure yeah. he couldn't really contain it uh, after losing a race like that. But, you know, for for one, I, I'd seen what had happened on the restart, but I didn't like at that to the point at the end of the race, I'd already forgotten about it on that restart. I'd kind of saw it at the corner of my eye. Sure. I was watching Harvick. Cause I think on that restart, Harvick was third and he slipped up the racetrack just like Truex did on the previous restart when the entire field got wiped out. But I was waiting to see if something happened in the middle of the pack 
And, but I did see, you know, Logano and, and Byron get a little squirrely off the corner. I was like, wow. And that wasn't the first time Logano had been squeezing the wall today. Kyle Busch did the same thing to him earlier in the day around stage, stage one, stage two. They were fighting for the lead uh, really hard. I think it was stage one, it was early stage one. Logano and Kyle Busch had a really hard battle. And Bush had kind of squeezed him up in the wall finally in turn one, which kind of, you know, he, he just took the lead right away from him. But Logano wasn't very happy about that. So that wasn't the first time Logano had kind of been squeezed like that, but it wasn't severe enough where I didn't even remember by the time Logano had ran down Byron. I'm just thinking about how impressive it was that Logano's like car just bam, flipped the switch. And kind of like what we were talking about earlier, Logano had a pretty solid, very good long run car um, and was able to run down William Byron, who really didn't throughout the day. William Byron didn't have that great of a long run car. So um, it was fitting that that had happened. It was kind of expected. Um, but with two to go, you know, I'm kind of sitting here just waiting to see what kind of move Logano pulls. Where does he go? He had been running the high side in three and four. Um, and at first I see, you know, Willie B go to the bottom and Logano go to the bottom, you know, thinking Willie B just threw a block, you know, on Logano, probably a defensive move uh, because he knows the 22 is on rails right now. Um, and all of a sudden, bam, there comes the bump from, from Logano and when that bump had happened, I didn't even think Byron was like, I thought it was just going to be a little bump and run. Byron's going to be able to come back, but damn, that thing sent Byron all the way up into the wall, basically ended his shot at winning and ended his shot at the top five, top 10. I mean, the dude finished 13th after that crash, both the tires were uh, cut on the race car. And that's just a product of the next gen car. I mean, we've seen, you know, some people just scrape the wall and that's not going to cut a tire now with these new composite body or um, with the, uh, the composite bodies now. Um, but also, you know, we've seen some hits where it can just destroy your race car, cut these tires like really easily, um, you know, the way these cars are built. So I even thought like, I think maybe, I don't know if it's just the next gen car, like the way Logano hit in that corner. I felt like just watching it initially, I see him going for the bump and I just didn't think that was going to send Byron all the way up the racetrack. And it did like, it must've been must have been a pretty pretty uh, rough hit, you know, whether he gassed it up kind of in the middle of the corner after letting off or something like that. But, I mean, all in all, you know, racing for the win. Logano's going for his first win of the season. He felt like Byron did him wrong on that restart and obviously was still on his mind because when he run the rate, won the race, that was pretty much the first thing he said. Um, and so it was still on his mind. I didn't see too much of a problem with it. Um, I think just racing's racing. I just enjoyed it. I'm just, you know, there, there's, there's three types of fans. There's Hendrick Motorsports fans. There's going to be Joey Logano, Ford fans. And then there's people like me who's just sitting back and watching and laughing at it all. I mean, I thought, I thought it was exciting. I, I was kind of like an instigator. I, you know, I think Byron's definitely going to get revenge on him and I'm sure it's, uh, it's warranted. I'm sure it's it's valid for, for him to go get Joey Logano back. So I'm interested to see how this plays out. But overall, like, I mean, racing for the win. Yeah, it probably could have come in the last lap. Logano maybe could have waited. But, you know, put yourself in that race car. Um, put yourself in Logano's shoes. The adrenaline of a race. You feel like you were done wrong. I mean, you just gained all that ground. Is this your only shot here getting into three and four? You know, when you're racing for your first one of the season, sometimes exactly. that's what you got to do. And I just, Hey, what happened happened. I'm, I'm kind of in the middle on it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like Logano, uh, it's not that it's his only opportunity to win this year, but it was definitely yeah. his first opportunity to truly win a race this year. We saw him win the clash, but of course it's not a points paying event. So for him to be in that position, you know, Penske has been on the struggle bus a little bit, you know, when will we be able to get back up on, you know, in the top five competing for wins, I'm not saying that, they're, you know, they're going to struggle throughout the rest of the year, but, you know, we're coming to those summer months where sometimes they kind of fade away. Some different teams kind of fade away. And Joey had an opportunity to win the race. Byron's got two. Bill Elliott even noticed, you know, noted on the broadcast that's that Byron's got two wins under his belt. Logano may be a little bit more desperate here because he only, you know, has zero. He has uh, not, no wins and he's looking for his first one. So um, for me, like I said, I'll re re reiterate again. Byron will probably have to get him back here. I think I saw an interview with Jeff Gordon. He said, you know, Byron will have to make his decision on where he has to retaliate him and or if he feels like he has to. And definitely after the race, I feel like he's going to. But, you know, feelings change after the Monday after Monday morning. And this is also, also some, something to note before maybe we get off this. 
Byron, this is the first time I feel like where he's had a, a cup win kind of taken away from him at the, at, an, at the end of the race. You know, this is the true first season where he's been in contention. He's kind of the lead Hendrick driver right now, in my opinion. You know, Chase has been doing has been really consistent, but Byron has the wins and he's been up front leading laps. That's the difference. So um, this is the first time in it where he's going to go through the emotions. He's going to go through the trials and tribulations. He's going to go from, you know, winning races one week, maybe the next week running fifth, sixth, the next week being in contention and having a problem like he just did with Logano. So there's a lot of things to keep the emotions in check. And this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. Um, so he's going to have to also keep himself in check with what he does to Logano back. But, you know, he's been doing this thing for a while. He's young um, and he'll be uh, in many more many more races this season to win, to, to have the opportunity to win. So I think, you know, being in contention this weekend again, and, and like you said, he wasn't really up in the top 10 during the stages to get that car better throughout the race and kind of take a car that you're like sitting here saying, oh, maybe we'll get a top 15 today to make it a winning potential car and have the attrition during the race at Darlington, that even adds more fuel to the fire for him to sit here and say, you know, I'm a potential championship contender. So taking it from that perspective, he's got to be careful what he does back to Joey. There is a long run game here too. Yeah. And we had to Kansas this weekend, which I feel like is a track that good for is him. definitely right in the wheelhouse of Hendrick Motorsports and right in the yep. wheelhouse of Joey Logano's. He's had a lot of success there. Um, in the past. So definitely a run in we could see, uh, you know, as soon as this weekend at Kansas. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, definitely, you know, to, to, to wrap it all up for, for that, you know, Byron going for his third one of the season, obviously felt like he was in a spot where he had, you know, put himself in to win that race. Felt like it was taken away from him, probably, like you said, probably for the first time in his, his cup career, just ripped kind of right out of his hands. Exactly. You know, almost yeah. similar, almost similar to a Denny Hamlin, Alex Bowman incident we saw at Martinsville last year, you know, similar to, I mean, you could even go back to uh, the Coda finish between Ross Chastain and AJ Allmendinger. Um, yeah, Ross got that one back. So there you go. Yeah. For a first and it felt win, like you both know? of them were kind of similar in a way to where, you know, AJ, right, like, we, you know, we flash back to Coda. Ross Chastain kind of is the dominating car in that race. Um, yep. Gets bumped out of the way by AJ Allmendinger, and he gets him back, right, for the win. You know, say, you're not going to take this away from me. I've been the dominant car all day. You know, takes out AJ Allmendinger, Alex Bowman, innocent bystander. Bam, Ross Chastain wins the race. Joey Logano, fast forward here. Finally, he had said before this race, this was the first race this weekend that he felt like he had a car capable of winning obviously wins the pole they had a pretty good long run car was able to stay up front top three all day uh which is something we haven't seen out of the 22 team this season kind of you know i'd say was mo the the dominating car in this race and all of a sudden on a late restart here comes william byron who hasn't really been, been up front all day he kind of squeezes me tight off turn two adrenaline's already pumping joe Ligano wasn't feeling it Drives all the way back up there, shows the long run car he's had all day, and says, "You're not taking this win away from me." And gets right. the only chance he led he the has. most laps. That's another yeah. point to it too, you know. Exactly. And I don't think he's led that amount of laps in a little while. No, it's so. been it's definitely been yeah. a bit. So that's that was something that I'm sure was on his mind. That when will this come again? When will we have a car this good again? You know, will it be next week in Kansas, or will we have to wait another month for a day like this? So exactly. Yeah, exactly. So um, overall. You know, the uh, uh, there's there was beef. There was beef at Darlington, and I'm sure beef will continue at Kansas because even even Jeff Gordon in his interview said payback's coming maybe for, for Joey Logano. So even, yeah, yeah. even the it team. It depends on what William wants to do. I think Rudy Fugel kind of reiterated the same and said, you know, he's old enough to, to make his own decisions, and I don't yes. have to tell him anything. But, you know, if he wants to do payback, that's what he'll do. We'll see. So all that all the Hendrick guys kind of have their uh, their own rivalry. It seems like they've brewed over the last year. You know, Alex Bowman's had a run in with Denny Hamlin. You know, Denny Hamlin. You know, William Chase Byron's, that thing with Harvick. Yeah, I was going to say Chase Elliott and Cody Ware, but yeah, that too. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's probably the more important <laughs> one. That's for the championship. No, right there. Was, no yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, Chase Elliott <laughs> and Kevin Harvick. Who you know, we can kind of transition to that. Chase Elliott and Kevin Harvick. You know, we yeah. know how good friends they Big are. Days. Started at the rear. Mm -hmm. in Darlington and we're able to come up all the way through the field. Harvick finishes fourth and Chase Elliott finishes fifth. So it was a day where, you know, we know it's hard to pass at Darlington tire wear, you know, you're going to, 
use up a lot of tires, gaining all those positions. So at some point you're going to stall out. So this seemed like, you know, in today's era of stage racing and cautions, it's, if you start at the rear, it's very easy. It's probably the easiest it's ever been in NASCAR to make it up to the front. I probably, I could care less if a car gets sent to the rear at the beginning of a race for any other track, but Darlington, it is definitely still a challenge to climb up through the field and Harvick and Elliott finally made it to the top 10, probably not even till stage two or towards the end of stage two, finally, um, and kept climbing throughout the race. And obviously Harvick gets a fourth, Chase Elliott gets a fifth. Um, so good on them. Denny Hamlin also was a car that had to come to the rear, led the race at one point. Um, he came up through the rear the quickest out of them, um, but then had an issue and ultimately finishes 21st, which has kind of been the story of Denny Hamlin's season uh, this year. You know, if it wasn't for that win, he was able to get uh, at Richmond. So, yeah. um, you know, good race for Kevin Harvick, Chase Elliott. We can talk about Kevin Harvick real quick. Do you think that team's starting to come to life? I think Kevin's been really solid this whole year. Um, I haven't been particularly tracking his finishes over the last couple of weeks, but I don't like, like you said, uh, like we said, I think in the last podcast, he can't keep a champion down. Um, I think he's been, he's been running really well. Um, I think Darlington is a track that probably suits him. You had a couple weeks there, like Bristol dirt, Coda that kind of threw him off the horse a little bit. Those tracks don't really suit him. Uh, I think also with the next gen car, Things are just kind of getting assimilated to him. Things are getting assimilated to that team. Rodney's kind of making it work out, the crew chief. Um, but yeah, fourth to rally back. It's kind of it was kind of interesting that we had those two guys from the back able to make it to the front and make and kind of finish consecutively in order, fourth and fifth, from two guys that started in the rear. Of course, attrition played to that. A lot of cars uh, didn't finish the race. I believe there was only twenty three finishers right in that race. Um, yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty wild. I saw a tweet about that. I'm, I'm not sure if that changed by the end of the race, but um, yeah, it's it, it's a great it's a it's a great job maintaining, right? Like we talk about like this playoff format, and every week that you have to kind of play the points game, kind of thing, or you have to go out and win to lock yourself in. We try to we try to wash away the points days with this playoff format, but Kevin's been playing those points days really, really well. Pick up as much as you can get here and there, and. Um, you know, a, a, a top five is great for him. He had a stat. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but Fox mentioned it. It was like 12 top tens at Darlington, which tied Bill Elliott, um, which was cool to have Bill in the booth at that time. And then obviously Bill's son, Chase, finished right behind Harvick. But I'm not really sure what the stat line was. It was like 12 top tens at Darlington. I'm not sure if they were like consecutive or something like that. Harvick? But yeah. Yeah. I think it yeah. was tying. Yeah. Tying a record. Tying a record. record. Yeah. No, no, that was Bills. a week ago. The no, wow. Bills at Darlington. I think it was That's a right. Darlington specific one. Yeah, he tired he tired Richard Petty's record a week ago. Of like consecutive top ten finishes at the same venue or something. I think like it was, that. yeah, at Dover. And now yeah. at Darlington tied Bill's record. So Harvick's yeah. getting Yeah, he's away. just breaking stats, you know. He's so just breaking records out there, you know. Yeah. Forty five years old, forty six. I can't even remember at this point. Well, that's what you can do at that age, you know, once you've been driving. Oh, yeah. Once you get that old, you're going to start breaking hella records for longevity. So, But you see these records being broken since he started at SHR. Like, that's pretty interesting, too. (laughs) That was was the big uh, chapter flip of his career for sure. And now 27 points uh, above the cut um, to where... We got another battle at the cut line, you know, the playoffs still early. It's Obviously, pretty close. Yeah, it's all can happen, but it's almost like the same thing as last year. It's is the two RCR cars fighting for the final playoff spot, and they are separated by one point. Austin one Dillon point, yeah. is in by one, and Tyler Reddick is down by one, which is absolutely crazy because if you were to sit here and say, all right, who has had the better season so far? Who's had the better car week in and week out? Is it Tyler Reddick or Austin Dillon? Every single week, it has been the eight car of Tyler Reddick, probably by yeah. a mile on most weeks. But they have, it's because he's on they, camera more often. They but have had Austin's terrible races. Had really yeah. consistent he has had finishes. some good races. I will say that. But Tyler yeah. Reddick, that team is, they can just not finish a race. I mean, they just can't get it done. It's just like everything, something goes wrong. It's an engine, it's a blown tire, it's a broken whatever on the car. I mean, something happens to where they just, I mean, they were almost, they were one corner away from winning Bristol dirt and being locked into the playoffs. And that was taken yeah. away from them. So you got to think, when is it going to come? I mean, even, even in the damn Xfinity race, Tyler Reddick's just like, man, maybe I could go get myself a checkered flag here. And he hits the wall and blows a tire and they're done. Right. Finished outside exactly. the top 20 in the big machine car. Uh, good effort right, by them right. as well. But damn, like Eric Jones, 
five points out of the cut line. Daniel Suarez, a guy we were talking about, you know, a few weeks ago who hadn't had a top 10 since Auto Club, had a great race uh, this weekend at Darlington. I don't know where he finished overall. Unfortunately, they had a pit road issue. He did finish 10th yeah, at Daniel, Darlington. Daniel? Yeah. Suarez okay, okay. got 10th at yeah, Darlington, Suarez, but he was running top five and then they had a pit issue and a green flag pit stops, which I just hate. He was the fastest car on the track at one point, mm-hmm. I want to say with like uh, about 80 laps to go, something like that. Then he got passed by Chase or yeah, it was, uh, it was when Chase double passed two guys, right? I think it was Suarez and Bell. That was a really good pass. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was three wide pass for real. Oh yeah. That was, that was a big move right there. So there were, there were a lot of good moves like that at race like Darlington. I mean, this was the first, the first look we got with the next gen car at Darlington and every race we like every track we go to, it's kind of like, it's unpredictable, right? We're all kind of skeptical of what, what yes. the racing is going to be like. Absolutely. We know what to expect to watch trucks. You know, we know um, there's going to be chaos Xfinity. We're going to expect a pretty solid race, uh, which it was, and the cup race, it was just unpredictable. We know there's going to be tire wear, but, in, you know, we know there's going to be handling issues, but in what way is there going to be handling issues? Um, and I, I felt they put on a pretty good show from start to finish. Uh, the cup series did. It was an interesting dynamic that we saw get played out. And I feel like it's the same thing going into this weekend's race at Kansas, like, you know, mile and a half race, which we did see, you know, the race I can compare this to is Las Vegas, where we saw Hendrick dominate or not dominate, but Alex Bowman did end up winning that race. Kyle Larson right behind him. But, you know, kind of like I said, the race I can compare this to is Vegas. As we go into Kansas this weekend, mile and a half racetrack, kind of the same thing as Darlington. Unpredictable. We don't really know what to expect. Uh, Kansas is kind of a track that's been transitioning over the years into a track that I feel like's put together some good racing. I mean, we even saw some solid races there with the 550 package, uh, obviously the progressive banking tracks getting older. So, you know, this weekend for the cup series, just like Darlington, I feel like it's going to be just as predictable this weekend, but kind of like, you know, how, how have, you know, you looked at these weekends and approached them. I mean, you kind of same way as me. I mean, I'm just sitting here just thinking, Hey, I don't really know what to expect. I'm just going to sit here and watch and see what happens. You know, it's, it's hard to predict winners at this point too. You kind of just have to go by how they're doing in the season. Like we know Ross Chastain has somehow just become a contender at almost every racetrack. We know at least some Hendrick car is going to be good. You know, Willie B is going to be a contender. Chase Elliott is the overall points leader. So he's been consistent week in week out. Uh, Kyle Larson is always a safe pick as well. Um, but you know, these, these racetracks, well, not lately, just to interrupt you here, not lately for Larson, not lately. Yeah, no, no, not lately, but, but they have the speed and you know that they can just turn yeah. up anywhere. You know, they can same with Denny Amlin too. You, you'd expect exactly. them to have the speed, but it just, it hasn't played out. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, I, I mean, from yeah. me at rolling in every week, I mean, there hasn't been anything specific that I look for, you know, like I think intermediate tracks, mile halves are probably the most predictable racetracks, I guess. Yeah. You know, you're probably going to get a lot of strung out racing. I think Dover was a pretty edgy race for the for the next gen car. There was a lot of reports there on the, uh, you know, for the rain out race from different drivers that, you know, they couldn't push the tires too hard or that it would wear out and eventually, you know, um, tear up the tires. I think that was a little bit skeptical for, on my end of things um, as a race fan, as a, as a viewer. So um yeah i mean for me i kind of roll in every week and just kind of assume that like you said ross chassain is going to be pretty solid chevy's really strong all across the board um you see daniel even up there a little bit for track house sometimes uh, but ross has been super consistent some type of hendrick car is going to be leading a race every weekend um specifically william byron and you know you put that 24 car up at the end of the race usually the five car might run into some problem the nine car finishes seventh and the 48 car finishes second or he finishes 26th so it's just, uh, it's a complete, um, you know, every, every race we go to, I think the, the puzzle closer to the playoffs has been kind of getting closer, like has been getting uh, a little more figured out. Like with Truex, really a t- t- uh, tough stretch of races there in the beginning of the season. But now they've kind of figured something out. This past weekend, they were strong. Toyota's kind of cleaning up their act a little bit. Yeah. When Kyle Busch is a strong car, he's up there in the running order, like top three, top five. Uh, Bell has had some solid races. So Toyota's trying, like, getting some things figured out. And we see, like, that Chevrolet Toyota competition. Ford has maybe fall, fell, fallen back a little bit as uh, Toyota has, has come up. So 
Yeah, then I look at RCR. You know, that's another piece of the puzzle that uh, has the next-gen car has helped. I mean, Tyler's been up front more often. He has two runner-up finishes this year with Bristol and uh, Darlington. Obviously, one of those races, he was in true contention to win. I think he has four top three finishes, I want to say, three or four, two of them being top twos, of course. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, I mean, for me, I've, I bet drivers like every week I try to pick, I'm, I, I make a pick every week and I've gotten two out of the, you know, what is it? 12 this season so far. I picked Truex this weekend. He looked really good during the race. He led some laps in stage two, I believe. I mean, for me, like you said, you know, you just want to roll in every week and kind of relax and enjoy it. Me too. I try to guess like who's going to be good. And, you know, there's been more, there's been more players this year, right? You've seen the expansion, like RCR has looked pretty good. Rich, I mean, um, Tyler in particular, Ross has looked pretty good. Um, 23-11's been on a big struggle. Just to kind of go all over the board, there's been more players. There's been a lot of guys that you're like, oh, yeah, they're not going to be good this weekend. You know that already. They haven't been good these past couple weeks. You're not going to see some surprise guy. Um, but then you have you have seen some surprises like Chris Busher. You know what I mean? So, like, uh, getting the pull at Dover and finishing eighth, that's a great weekend. Yeah. Um, so, like, an overview, the next-gen car has some surprises. But it's definitely stay consistent within these last couple of race weekends, like Ross's success, his consistency, William Byron making himself kind of a championship contender. You just can't have those championship contenders because those two guys haven't won a lot like yet in their career. They've won a little bit this year. Yes, they haven't made the playoffs, a deep playoff run. Um, so, yeah, I, I've been enjoying the, the next gen car. As the season goes on, the puzzle will become more clearer. And maybe who knows? I mean, maybe Kyle Busch just goes on a tear maybe here soon, or Kyle Larson cleans up the act, wins a couple of races like he did last year. Chase Elliott kind of finds something else that where they can, you know, take that Dover, that Dover win and translate it to more wins. I do think we're gonna see some championship contenders throughout the summertime. That is for sure. And don't forget the road courses coming up, more road courses coming up in the summer schedule. Could see Austin Singer pull off another win here. Who knows? So you know, that would put him in another class into the playoffs and seed him higher. So, and give him more playoff points. You know, there's just all these different things. Chase Elliott could win those races. Larson could win those races. Truex can come and win those races. So, yeah, now, all over the board, it's been surprising, but a lot of consistencies too um, within like who's been running really, really well. It's not been a complete surprise every week of who's running up front. Yeah, this is this is that part of the season where we start to kind of pick out the the contenders, yeah. the the pretenders. I I'd say it's usually before now, but this next gen car yeah. has just kind of set With this next gen car has kind of delayed everything a little bit, yeah, right? Like exactly. we're still we're still in that process of figuring things out and we're still hitting some of these tracks for the first time like Kansas, you know, this is going to be, you know, now that we took Atlanta out of the equation of the basic mile and a half, right? Turn that yeah. into a super speedway. The only track like Kansas that we've seen before this, um, you know, would be kind of Las Vegas. Uh, we did see a race at Auto Club, and obviously we yep. just had Darlington, kind of two different beasts there. Um, but we still kind of don't know too much to what to expect to Kansas. But like a lot of people say, this is the NASCAR bread and butter, right? You know, we're going to see the true contenders this weekend at Kansas. Then we head into Texas. Uh, and then we kind of look down the schedule. We head into that summer stretch. We got the Coke 600, three mile and a half, right back, right back to back to back. Uh, yep. We go to Gateway, Worldwide Technology Raceway for the first time to kick off June. Then Sonoma, Nashville's a whole different beast. Road America, like you said, the road courses start to hit in this part of the uh, this part of the summer. So we're gonna gonna see you know what teams are gonna be really boosting themselves up for the playoffs, building these playoff points and stuff like that. Because that's you know what you got to do now. Just keep getting those stage wins, keep getting those wins to secure yourself for the playoffs. Um, and we'll see if we continue to see more new winners. I think we can. You know, there's guys oh. up there in the standings that haven't won yet this season that I think certainly can. Martin Truex Jr. One of those has not gotten a win yet to lock himself in. Uh, Kevin Harvick is his time coming, you know, finally, is he going to end so. up in the streak? Tyler Reddick yeah. is a guy that's been so close so many times. Christopher Bell has been hanging around there. Kind of our, our usual contenders have all kind of gotten their wins with Logano finally winning, uh, Kyle Busch finally, you know, getting his win at Bristol dirt, Denny Hamlin winning at Richmond, you know, our kind of usual, you know, Chase Elliott as well, getting his first win last week Dover. at Dover. Yep. Um, yeah, our so usual typical. guys. Yeah. <laughs> finally gotten this first win, Ryan Blaney. 
has not gotten a win yet this season. When is he going to finally break through and get that win? Obviously, already probably guaranteed for the playoffs, but when is he going to be able to get that first checkered flag? Yeah, so, don't forget about Kurt Bush. Maybe something happens Kurt over Bush there. They well, can pull off something somewhere. Who had a great weekend this week at Darlington going before he was yeah. wiped out uh, on a restart. Right. I mean, they team qualified well. Bubba Wallace was also running in the top 10. Uh, the 45 team had an issue, another tire issue for 23-11 on pit road where the tire came off, but they stopped him before he drove out on the racetrack to prevent the four race suspension for numerous people, which was actually very, very smart. Uh, obviously, twenty three eleven has been penalized so many damn times at this point. I'm sure they already, they live and die by those rules. Uh, teams yeah, and every team knows it by now. I mean, it's so severe. So they stopped. And their co-owner has no crew chief now. So that would be even more on his plate to be annoyed with all these. Penalties. Oh, exactly. Yeah. The 11 team's been hit with it. The 23. Finally, they just got back booty Barker from his four race suspension that there he had. Go. And yep. those crew members are back. So, I mean, terrible. I mean, let's God, not even just Kurt Bush for 23, 11 racing. have just had an atrocity of a season. Um, as far as just luck, you know, Kurt Bush has had fast race cars. He's had good races because he's Kurt Bush, obviously, Bubba Wallace has actually had some great races this year as well. He's running top 10 at Darlington for that final restart. I mean, both 2311 cars get wiped out and Denny Hamlin doesn't even finish in the top 20. I mean, it's like, geez, when when is the pain and suffering going to end for 2311? Hopefully this weekend at Kansas, um, you know, I don't think we'll see as many giant crashes. You never know. Usually Kansas is the racetrack where we sometimes, just... Sometimes keep, Kansas does produce some of that though. I feel like at Kansas, you'll either it's get like a 20 car... nights. You'll either get a 20 car pile up or no cars will wreck at all. So no cars will wreck at all. Exactly. There's like no in between at Darlington. We just saw kind of wreck, 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 then the semi big wreck. And that just ended up wiping out, you know, 20 cars out of the field. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens at Kansas, probably relatively clean race, but man, yeah, for, for 23, 11, just like you said, Kurt Bush has had definitely his, his highs this season, for sure. I think definitely more than the 23 team, which we expected more experience over there for Kurt Bush and that team, um, more experience for Kurt Bush as a driver coming into the yeah. car. And I think, you know, his mentorship is probably wearing off a little bit on Bubba Wallace, which I feel like that's what the team needed. They needed a second veteran driver to come in. And we, I'm sure we talked about this before the season. I think everyone was kind of on the same page as this is probably the best thing that could have happened to Bubba Wallace as far as the future of himself as driver in 2311 racing. And I feel like it's paying off. You're seeing Bubba have some better runs now at some tracks where they definitely need to have some better runs at. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how this pays off as we go down the stretch of the season. Um, you know, a lot of tracks, so many, so many different tracks coming up on this schedule. Um, it just so happens that now it's the stretch of three mile and a half, Kansas, Texas, and Charlotte. So will we see the same contenders at all three of these tracks? Don't know. Obviously Coke 600, it's own beast. It's going to be a long race, but Kansas this weekend is going to be, uh, interesting to watch for sure. Yeah, I think. Kansas and Coke 600, you can kind of pair them together a little bit. I don't know. Just Texas more of a is narrow the all-star race, so oh, it, yeah, it'll be a little course, different. Of course. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I forgot. Are they that. running that? Completely they're not running that uh, goofball package they ran last year, are they? I don't think they no, said I don't that. think they're testing any experimental packages now. Because, yeah. you know, they usually they do kind of like throw a different spoiler on there. Yeah, last year, they just we'll did all the package ducks. and ran, you know, yeah. 20 billion stages, which I think they're doing again this year. I didn't read it because I didn't want to give yeah, myself I think more it was of a headache. A, I didn't either. I think it's six stages, maybe. And then yeah. you get a, if there's no yellow in the last 15 laps, NASCAR will throw a surprise caution at whatever lap they choose. That's funny, so. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. And I you know, know I did like gonna do. They're gonna they're gonna do it at like lap six. So did you see? Did you see a restart with two? The qualifying format. I did like that. I did read that. It's like single I, I car runs, and then it's like a pit stop. So it's basically it's like a pit stop battle, right? Like a, in a, a bracket. I heard challenge. of the pit stop battle. Yeah, it's like team okay. versus team. Bam, bam, bam. The pit stop starts. They roll off pit road, and I think the first one back to the line wins it or something. Or back. Okay, wait. So there's going to be two cars at the same time on the track. Yes. And they pit oh, them four tires awesome. stop and then boom. And then first one back to line with that one seemed really cool. We should just leave it funnier that. than a race. That, yeah, that should, should be just, the all star race. That should be the all star. <laughs> exactly. Qualifying seems more fun. Everybody is the all star then. Like everybody, the, the team crew, the crew, and everything. Exactly. 
Yeah, yeah that seems more fun than than the actual race. I was kind of looking forward That's to that. That's 10 times so. more fun. I think yeah. non-racing fans would actually like to watch that. <laughs> that would. I know. We need that pit crew yeah. challenge back. We need more spotlights yeah. on pit crews. Like, I've been begging for, like, stats for years on pit road times and stuff like uh-huh. that, like, ranking the different It's gotten crews. better. It's gotten better. They've said, you know, who's, like, the more average, you know, the fastest they pit crew. I think yeah. This year, the nine car has been, you know, again, pretty good, which I, I find that so hard to believe. I heard the nine car was up there, but they also lose so many spots on pit road. But when they're fast, they're really fast. Yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, yeah. The 11 team is up there, obviously, as well. But of course, you know, we'll, their penalties we'll uh, so yeah, we'll transition back to NASCAR to wrap up the show in a little bit. But just uh, a little note, we'll talk about Formula One for a little and we'll start yeah, off with sure. you, man. You were there. You got to take in the atmosphere on Friday. Yeah. Uh, I wish I was able to be there, but unfortunately, schools got me freaking loaded. And uh, right. obviously, we know it's a long trip for both of us. Like, what, five hour, oh, four dude, and a half hour was, drive? I mean, it's crazy. It was tough. In but one day, four and a half hour drive. But yeah, you yep. were there. You got to take in the atmosphere. You got to watch both the practices, kind of just see what the track was all about. I mean, what'd you think? Yeah, it was, um, okay, just set the, set the scenery real quick. Yeah. First time at an F1 event. Been a fan of the sport since 2014. Um, you know, I've delved into the writing aspect of the sport as well. So I've kind of, um, you know, been quite like educated on Formula One for many years and going to the race. Of course, you anticipate, as you know, with this drive to survive Netflix series, you anticipate going there. There's a lot of, you know, new fans there, a lot of American fans. I show up, I see a, not a lot of a ton of American fans. Yes, you see the guys who kind of want to go there and have a good time and drink and you kind of party, act like it's kind of like a Coachella type event. But then I saw a lot of Euro fans, a lot of Spanish fans, a lot of Euro fans, a lot of Fernando fans kind of thing, that whole Spaniard uh, community, a lot, of, um, uh, a lot of Checo fans, of course, being in Miami, a lot of Euro fans that have been longtime supporters of whoever, Mercedes, Red Bull, and, uh, and Ferrari. So... And not too much uh, like lower team supporters, honestly, but just to kind of go back, I show up, you know, park and everything like that. I get there. It's a very festival type vibe. Um, now, the paddock and where the fans can go who have just like, you know, a general ticket like me, bought a seat ticket and everything like that. Very generic. We live in a, a completely different world. You know, you, you've been to Planet, Planet NASCAR races, a couple of IndyCar races. We go. And, you know, the paddock is kind of combined and you can walk through it, you know, the garage area kind of thing. You can see it. You can go on top of the garages at Daytona and see the garage and see all the teams working. F1 doesn't work like that. There's a completely separate entrance for the paddock and there's a completely separate entrance for all the grandstands and the rest of the world at that Miami International Autodrome circuit. Yeah. Now. To move away from that stuff, it was pretty unfortunate because I did want to get closer to the paddock. I wanted to kind of see the action. I wanted to see who was over there, the more important people, I guess. But the only important person I saw there was Cole Custer's father. He was there. He was like right next to me and like near the paddock, sort of. It was like in a separate area. Anyways, a lot of hectic stuff, a lot of people. Very nicely put together, the race was. Of course, there's things like that fake marina and the swimming pools and the beaches in the middle of those uh, turns nine and ten, I think it was. That looks ridiculous. Yeah, whatever you want to have, whatever you want to talk about that. It sold tickets. You know, it sold, yeah. it had, it gave money to Formula One, it gave money to the track, Miami and the Hard Rock Stadium. It was great for them. Um, now, I do have a lot of gripes with the weekend too. I mean, it didn't really feel now. I know I didn't go on Sunday to go see the race, but I explained this to, uh, a, a, per, a buddy of mine, I told him that this doesn't, he, he has, he wasn't like a, he was with me at the track, but he hasn't been to too many races. He hasn't been to any races ever. This is like his real first racing experience. He's an NBA fan. And I explained this to him and I said, this doesn't really feel like the race. Like this doesn't feel like a race weekend yet. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously I didn't go to the, on Sunday, but you know, you've been on Friday and Saturday. I've been on Friday and Saturday to IndyCar races. And Friday and Saturday kind of feels like that buildup. Yeah. That Friday evening, it kind of just felt like cars were there kind of just to test. It didn't feel like we were building up to this big thing. I feel like a lot of people were in their own world having a good time. But I was sitting there feeling like, when is like the feeling of like the race is right around the corner? We're really building up to it here. When is that going to start? For me, every time I left the grandstand, I was reminded that I was kind of at like this music festival event, a bunch of food, a bunch of like store stuff to buy things at. And then you see this big tent of like food or like music playing over here. 
it felt very festival to me. It didn't feel very race, you know, enthused in my opinion. Of course, the track is huge and I'm relating it to St. Pete, the only other street course I've been to, street course event. You know, you walk into the paddock at St. Pete and everything's very tight and very close and you're allowed in there and you're allowed to see all the teams. It's quite open. You see drivers and television broadcast people walking around. For me, at the track, you just see fans. It's the other 50,000 fans that are at the track with you. It just didn't feel like all those pieces of the race weekend of the of the uh, of the objectives you go there for you want to see the important people you want to see race drivers you want to see the cars up and up and close you just felt like you were in this completely different world it was a it was a very disconnected thing and i one thing to close on this uh, from my perspective on friday i listened to the james hinchcliffe and alexander rossi podcast last week and they were talking about how f1 miami will be and they were like if you go as an american race fan or that you've been to an IndyCar race or even a NASCAR race, you would expect that fan interaction. You're not going to get that at the F1 race. There is zero fan interaction, no matter what. It's just a lot of things set up to kind of be pretty and be fun, but you're not going to get that true racing interaction, see drivers, see cars, things like that. So that's something I was a little let down with. Now, the flip side of it, the positive side, very cool to see the F1 cars in real life. They don't sound great. NASCAR's next-gen cars are a lot louder. They don't sound great. It's very in the low gears. It's it's not raspy. It's not it's not even motory. It's not even throaty like the next-gen car. In yeah. the high gears, it sounds good. It's that nice that you hear on TV, you know, that straight line V6. Um, I'm sorry, not straight line, but, you know, V6, very, like, nice, a nice sound, like, that nice smooth sound you hear on TV. I love that. Um, where I was sitting in turn one for the second practice, I saw turn one and then, you know, the drivers would lead into turn two and three, and it was kind of like an S shape. That was really cool to see the drivers, you know, whip around those corners. A lot of guys were looking for the right traffic traffic to get into. Um, you know, there's a lot of traffic during the practices, of course. So a lot of guys were going slower, trying to get a feel for the track. This was the first day they were on the track at all. So Overall, very enjoyable experience. At the end of the day, I'm going to see cars on the track. I'm not going to necessarily see important people or, um, you know, cars right next to me or anything like that. I went for the cars on the track, those things. But of course, when you're so used to it, like me and you, when you're so used to seeing different things at the racetrack and not just, you know, the music festivals and signing up for this like contest or whatever, you know, like those foolish things, you know, we go to see the actual action. And when you can't get close to that stuff, it definitely doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel like you're at that racing event that you're usually at. But like I said, overall, great time. Great to see the cars. Man, that Mercedes is so gorgeous in real life. I love it since the beginning of the season. I love how they let them, you know, Lewis have his green and then George have his blue and the and the 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 um number fonts are amazing on the cars. And when you saw them in real life, it like it looked great. The Ferrari didn't shine off the sun like I expected, like it was going to. It's a very darker red than usual. And the Red Bulls look great. So many fans there for Max. So many fans there for uh, Sergio Perez. It was uh, overall a great time. Great experience, of course. Yeah, much more, much more corporate. You know, exactly. Uh, a little more corporate. Yeah, yeah a, little, it, a little more tight. Trying to keep that prestige, you know. And then they can't, you know. I, I was listening to a podcast last night just to say this real quick. The paddock club passes were $10,000 each. Now, that's the paddock club yeah. to go, you know, have a nice time, have drinks and stuff like that. And then the paddock passes, the passes to walk in the paddock with and see the real important people that I wanted to see, a guy paid $30,000 for it. On average, it was about $30,000 for each pass. Insane. That is, that is why we, uh, me and you here are going to sit in here and put in the hard work and try to get media credentials for next year. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and that's the main reason that's why we can go on Sunday. <laughs> exactly. That's the goal. Like so literally, I think the lowest twit ticket available, I check Saturday night, $773. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. I mean, I get it, you know, worldwide thing coming to mm-hmm. Miami. Obviously, they knew it was going to be a high profile event. So they're going to take a chance yep. and uh, get some money out of it. And that's exactly what they did. But, you know, just like I kind of said, it's like, like we'd agreed on corporate, you know, it's very corporate. It's not going to be like where we, you know, we go to an IndyCar event at St. Pete and just see Jimmy Johnson driving around on his little scooter, you know, in the middle of an RV lot or something like that. Yeah. And you're just or James Hinchcliffe passing you with an NBC for a sports report, you know? Yeah, exactly. You're not going to see that at all at, at an F1 event. It's going to be so hard to, to get in that paddock, get on the grid. And uh, I'm sure, no, I'm sure you know, I didn't That's even, a different story. 
Yeah, I'm sure the media process to get in, you know, credentialed for there is wild. So I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even yeah. really know the steps you have to do to get through that. So, which is understandable. I mean, F1 is going to be a lot more uptight about everything uh, than you know uh, our typical motorsports are. But overall, yeah, definitely the the weekend from TV. You know, I watched uh, the practices on TV. Um, I think I watched the first practice, wasn't able to watch the second practice, but I did watch the first one, uh, just to kind of look at how they kicked off the broadcast, how they kind of kicked off the weekend. And it did feel like cars were just kind of on the track, just making laps, testing, uh, it was yep. interesting to just kind of learn the track from a visual standpoint for me to kind of see. So, you know, when I watch on, on Sunday, I kind of know, you know, where the, what kind know, of turn that straights is. are and where yep. the harder corners are. And, uh, I was more interested in the driver feedback for sure. I know it wasn't talked about as much. Um, obviously the broadcast isn't really going to talk too much about it, but I guess a lot of the drivers weren't too much of a fan of the racetrack uh, itself, just the way it was I think, designed and, or felt. Yeah, I think Lewis had some complaints with like that very tight left-hander, left-hander than the right-hander in sector three. Um, but I think they all had pretty good comments on like the event as a whole, but the, yeah, the track needs help, you know? Yeah. Obviously. But I think there is a future there, like past the three years they have con- at the contract. There's definitely a future in Miami, and, and they just got to adjust the track a little bit. The DRS, DRS zones, I think, were also a complaint sure. there, and, too. You know, if they're going to have a future there, I'm sure they're going to work with it and adjust and continue to make yeah. the track good for, for their drivers. Um, but Absolutely. we know the main focus here, for sure, this weekend was getting the fans interested, right? And our, yeah. the, the fans that went this time and the fans that missed out on it, do they want to go back next year, you know, for the event? I mean, hey, if if tickets are maybe $1,000 cheaper, count me in next year, man. I'm, yeah. I'm all in. I'd love to go. So, um, right. you know, is it? I think something- that will happen too. Yeah. I mean, because this was the first time, you know, um, the first time, first time event, I think, you know, and I think over the couple of years, too. it will lose its little, of course, exactly. Yeah. Like, I think tickets were originally around average, like three fifty, yeah, three hundred fifty dollars. Exactly. I just wasn't. But ready. I think even next year they might go down a little bit, depending on you know how it works out. But of course, after one year, there's more buzz. There's probably going to be more demand next year because you would think that's going to there's going to be more American F1 fans. Yeah, and hey, but their focus know. might be on you know because with this whole event, some people have even forgotten that there's a race in Texas. Uh, coming up yeah, this year exactly. at Circuit of the Americas, yep. and next year the grand opening of the Las Vegas race uh coming you, in november of 2023 if someone really liked miami they're gonna love las vegas if someone really hated miami they're gonna hate las vegas because las vegas is going to be miami on steroids pretty much it's gonna be a party the race starts at 10 o'clock at night um in vegas 1 a.m eastern time so it's uh it's definitely meant to be a night party saturday night race uh so it's going to be definitely a definitely a party atmosphere i'm sure for there and they're going to take lessons they've learned from miami and uh, wow, a lot of money dude, that's going to be over there. <laughs> tons of money, uh, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't see myself making it out there for that race, but you never know how things change yeah. in the next year. You'd see it's going to be like $7,000. <laughs> it's going to be crazy. Yeah. I just remember looking at it because you got to jump on these things early, I guess, is what I've learned. I mean, I looked at the Miami tickets, what, like, I think like two, three months ago, and I was like, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. looks nice, not ready to buy them. And yet, you know, especially with, you know, with me graduating soon, I mean, this last month has been hectic as hell. I just didn't know what my schedule would be like. So I was like, I'll just wait, check back in like a month later and they have raised a thousand dollars. Oh yeah. In price. Absolutely. I'm like, what? Does whole, whole event the worst sold out last year in 27 hours. So, you know, then these are just resale tickets. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, geez. Yeah. It's crazy. I was looking at him and yep. I'm just like, yeah, it's going to be a lot. So hopefully, Hopefully they become a little more affordable as we go through time and we'll see. Are they selling? They're not selling them already for next year, are they? Or are they? Next year? I don't think so. Not yet. I wouldn't imagine Probably so. Wait. Probably yeah. going to wait considering I think also they're going to make adjustments to the track. So who knows? They make adjustment to turns and have to change grandstands. You know, it is true. So it does. Yeah. Which, I, which I could see them do and change up the track a little bit. I think I think they'll definitely take into consideration the driver feedback and make any adjustments that Absolutely. are needed. Um, and hopefully we get a you know better racing product next year, which I thought the racing was good this year, uh, at least watching the race. A uh, lot more battles mid-pack for sure. There seemed to be some areas for passing. Uh, I would say a lot of, a lot of overtaking areas. Uh, it just came down to the fact that 
Red Bull's got a lot more straight line speed than a Ferrari and Max Verstappen put the whooping on the field. I mean, he just hit his marks all day. Didn't never made a mistake. So uh, he Absolutely. took the dub and just the middle of the field battles were crazy. Aston Martin and Haas were having an absolute war, literally the entire race. I mean, they would not stop battling with each other. It's like they couldn't get away from each other. And you got some cameos from Alex Albon, who's over there at times. And then Pierre Gasly and even Lando Norris got stuck in that battle, which is what led to him being wiped out of the race because they had a bad pit stop. Um, and he got put behind those cars. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. They weren't really having a great day anyways. No, um, I heard that he was going to maybe get some points like in the back half of the top. Yeah, 10 the McLarens, were getting, McLarens were getting whooped pretty bad yesterday yeah. already to begin with. Obviously, Ricardo wasn't having a good race per usual of this year. Not yeah. good. Um, but yeah, it did look at one point like they could play out the strategy, maybe do something similar to George Russell, but I'm not sure if they started on the same tire. So I don't even know. I'm not exactly doing. sure. I wasn't even paying attention. I just figured anything yeah. they do would resolve their points. <laughs> yeah, non factors. Yeah, uh, didn't have a great qualifying. You know, I know he qualified what eighth, I think it was. I think so, I know yeah. that's fine. You know, that's better than that's better than Daniel, but Gordon it's Beckham not, was not you know, exceptional. <laughs> yeah. Which we know Gordon Beckham was there because they showed him a lot on TV. Yeah, yeah. No, that's um, David Beckham. David Beckham. David Beckham. Oh, God. Why yeah, is yeah. It? Who's Gordon Beckham? That's an MLB player. What the hell? Oh, really? Yeah. Gordon well, Beckham is a baseball that's second a baseman who retired like two years ago. That's just that's a good excuse. I never really watched soccer, so I never really knew David Beckham. I just know he played soccer and he was good at it. And now he's a celebrity. So, yeah, huge celebrity. Yeah, there were a lot of huge celebrities there. That was a big part of the weekend. I mean, damn. I mean, we had Tom. I mean, Adam Stern tweeted them all. I'm sure a lot of the people listening to the show saw yeah. all of his tweets, but it felt like he he couldn't fit them all into one tweet. So we made like three of them. I mean, we just know there was Tom Brady. There was Michael Jordan. Uh, the Rock apparently was there. Pharrell Williams. Oh, it was? Okay, yeah. Maybe they not said, all were on TV. They said yeah. LeBron and The Rock were supposed to be there. I mean, who knows if they really made it or not, or who knows? I if heard LeBron just... wasn't there. I heard he yeah. didn't make it. Yeah, I didn't see him on TV, and I figured they would have showed him if he was there, and The Rock, too. Um, obviously, James Corden was there, David Beckham, like you said. Uh, Pharrell. A lot of people, Patrick Mahomes lookalike. Yeah, um, Pharrell, I think, was there, too. Yeah, and Pharrell Williams. Uh, Dwayne Wade, his wife, yeah. Gabrielle Big Union. weekend for, for, for just racing in general, too, the Kentucky Derby. Um, before too, yeah. Drake, Drake and Jack Harlow there and a lot Dale of junior. I saw Dale that right junior before we hopped on it. On Rutledge here, Wood, yeah. They were covering the Kentucky Derby. So yeah. I was, I watched a little bit of that. Never watched Kentucky Derby before. Never watched yeah, horse racing. I uh, really didn't know what was going on, but they go crazy on that, man. I'm watching the broadcast and they're like, it's, it's funny as like a racing fan to watch like an NBC broadcast, right? Like a motorsports type broadcast. And they're analyzing all of these horses as if they were race cars, but they're horses, like they're, yeah, they're right. animals and there's people that train them. And it's like, and they're, and they're breaking it down. Like, and they're really serious yeah. about it too. I was like, wow. I mean, yeah. it is like the biggest horse race of the year, obviously big stakes, but I just watch them, you know, anytime I went to a horse race once, like, you know, the Tampa Bay downs right over there. Right. Um, you know, we just, you know, it just, uh, typical bet on the horses and watch them have fun watching them. But damn, these guys breaking them down from fundamental standpoints. I didn't even know they had stats. Like these horses got statistics. They got records on them. Like this horse is, well, they got histories, you know, they got histories with like, they past, do. you know, events that they've won the trainers they've even been with, um, things like that. Yeah. And then the jockeys have their own names, but in some ways the horses are more popular than the the jockeys themselves yeah nobody really cares about the dudes riding them we just care yeah. about the horses that are getting whooped exactly. as, they, as they run so right that's, that's well, much i mean one thing to say that i mean now we have three series we're talking about cup horse racing and formula <laughs> one uh, but um i saw the the replay on the winner for the kentucky derby uh, rich, i think his name was rich, rich strike. strike i don't know yeah. if you saw the aerial view of the replay and how he won that race he turned on the boosters. Awesome. He's oh on horse gosh. steroids. I mean, he hit DRS like oh, that, that just, guy's juiced. Yeah. Dude sure. hit the DRS button. I didn't know there was DRS and horse racing until I dude, saw like that. It, like he got he's like his tail went up or something. Bro came off, bro <laughs> came off the corner and dude is driving a Red Bull. I mean, that straight line speed was insane. Yeah, I mean, he just absolutely it was it 80 to one, 81 to one odds or something. 80 to and one. 80 to one odds. I think no one bet on him. No one bet on him. That's incredible. I don't think anyone, anyone was on him. I didn't hear any report that anyone bet on him. He, he heard that, man. That 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 made it personal between that horse and yeah, the exactly. 
He was like, exactly. y'all going to bet against me. I'm going to show y'all. And then he tried yeah. to like eat the other horse after the race. I thought that was funny too. He was so oh, mad he that he got bet oh, against. Wow. He was like, damn, I'm going to win this race. And I'm going to fight this other horse after the race. <laughs> And there was B, it was crazy. I was because I turned it on for my parents and they yeah, were like, you know, the they've watched the Kentucky Derby <laughs> before and there was really nothing else to watch because the Xfinity race had happened. Um, and so I was just like, yeah, turn on the Kentucky Derby, Dale Jr.'s on there, you know, let's watch him. Cool, yeah. Uh, and so it was right when the race was starting and I didn't know they had brawls after horse racing, but the horses started fighting. That's that's a first for me. I never seen horses just start beefing like that, but it was post race yeah. too. I guess you know, horse wasn't happy with how he was raced, and you know, and they just kind of he's, he's a moron, as William. He called him say. a moron, but but in the end, you know, short track racing. You know, what I mean, although I don't know how long <laughs> I don't know how long that that uh, Churchill Downs track is. Is that is that a mile and a yeah, half? Yeah, I think or? every track is the exact same. So yeah, half mile. <laughs> yeah. I would say yeah. So I just say short it was like track a one point three mile or something. That's just third track, Dover, right? It should be like Dover, the same because Dover was a horse track. I think that is right. Yeah, they do call it Dover Downs. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. Horses are, they, they can make their way around there pretty fast. So, oh yeah, pretty fast. But when you really look at it, that lap is yeah. quite long. <laughs> well, now that we've hit on horse racing, we've hit on formula one. Yeah. We can wrap, we can wrap up the show, uh, bringing it back to the national uh, association of stock car auto racing being NASCAR. Yep. Um, we can just kind of wrap up talking about Kansas this weekend, no Xfinity racing. Uh, there is Arca nope. racing, uh, obviously uh, truck racing. And then we have the cup race. So, um, we know the cup race, um, we got some, you know, contenders that we're going to see. I would expect Kyle Larson to be good on these types of racetracks. I would expect Hendrick Motorsports to be good. I would expect, you know, now we've kind of just expected Ross Chastain, uh, to be good. Uh, guys that probably feel like they need to, Oh, Tyler Reddick. Is this the race where Tyler Reddick can get it done? I mean, I feel like, Hey, this is his, this is one of his types of tracks. Can he get it done here at Kansas? But What's uh? We can go kind of into, into into prediction this week, kind of like we did the previous week. We can go with a, a race prediction, and then and then maybe a long shot. We'll start. We'll start with the Cup race. Um, what are you thinking for race race one prediction? Want to start with truck first, actually? Yeah, yeah. Let's fun. start with trucks. You yeah, know what? No, start let's trucks, start with yeah. Arca. I don't even know who's racing. Oh my gosh! I think it's the national <laughs> um, series. Taylor I covered Gray. So I, yeah, I mean, Taylor Gray. Taylor Gray. <laughs> I'll go is with he, Taylor Gray. Is he even old? Yeah, I don't know if he's race Kansas. Yeah, I think he's not. You can run. Se- I think you can run Kansas at seventeen in Arca. Okay. I want to say, or is so that Taylor right? Gray? I'm not sure. Ford. Yeah. Well, in yeah. that Gen Six, we know Daniel Dye's not racing, so he won't be a contender. <laughs> um, and we know that uh, Ty Gibbs won't be racing because he doesn't race there anymore. Sammy no. Smith, I don't think will. Be- Let me see if that. I don't know if the entry list is out yet. Usually, they send me an email if it is, so I don't think it is. My phone's probably also about to die, too. All right. It's right here. Um, so you got Nick Sanchez, Raja Caruth, Eric Caudell, Arnaud, uh, Cock, uh, Drew Dollar. Drew Dollar's racing? Uh-oh. I like it. Maybe a rev racing car. Hey. Last race, last race at Kansas, Nick Sanchez won the race. That's right. And then actually, um, so yeah. Oh, actually, you know what? Mind my ignorance. Uh, that was not the correct entry list. But yeah. Anyways, I'll, I'll go you for, at? I'll go for Nick Sanchez to go back to back. Yeah, they don't. They do not have the entry list up. I, no, they do not. I'm sorry, you're not. That. But Nick Sanchez and Roger Ruth will be there, so that's a good start. Yeah, uh, that is a good start. Those uh, are two we, notable guys. I, I don't know if Roger right. will get it done, but 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 yeah. he's been close. I know yeah, he's, been he's up right there. behind. He's technically the points leader. He is the points leader now. Uh, now, the right? Bernard series. So will he get his first win at Kansas? We'll have to wait and find out. But anyways, let's skip over that chaos and let's go <laughs> to the truck series, which the entry list did come out about like 50 minutes ago uh, for that race. Um, race picks for the truck series. Who do I, who do I want to go with here? I don't know. The truck series said, you know what? I'll go mile and a half track. It's, it's probably going to be John Hunter Nemechek. Let's be real. Like John Nemechek's probably going to dominate that race. Long shot pick. Um, 
<laughs> Matt Matt De Benedetto does that count as a long shot? I would think that's a very long shot considering how his last finishes have been. I think that is that a long is shot. True. Yeah, Matt De Benedetto qualifies, and considering that truck has never won a race, so it is not. Maybe this uh, weekend, you know. I like John Hunter Nemechek as a pick. KBM's been looking pretty good. Um, you know, I think I don't know. I mean, kind of like Zane Smith. I like a Thor Sport truck. Matt Crafton looked pretty good at Darlington, didn't he? So yeah. Um, you know, I'll you know, I usually like to go crazy with these picks. I think I went for um who is it? Eric Omarola. <laughs> He's going crazy. Eric Omarola. The truck series. Yeah, no, no, I don't. <laughs> We can't. I'm sorry. Oh, I know yeah. I went for Eric Amarola at Talladega, as I'm saying, which isn't too, you know, a, much of a crazy pick. But yeah, you know, I've been going a little crazy with the picks. So I'll go for, um, um, yeah, I'm going to go for Chandler Smith to win again, mile and a half. That's not a really a crazy pick, but yeah. And then I'll go for the, for the underdog part timer, full time experience series driver, Riley Herbst. Why not? That do be a long shot. He, he he's been on a hot streak lately. I will give him that. He has got. I, oh, dude, he's been running great in Xfinity. For real, I know. I um, know tracks where drivers tracks. I would say he's yes. been doing very well. So it's it is really good to see the progression out of Riley Herbst, which I thought it was is. coming for sure. It's about and time. it's like really good progression. It's not like top ten runs. It's top five runs and those Fords because we can kind of relate it to the cars that they're with, right? Stuart Haas Racing. Um, yeah. you know, RSS racing has also had a very good year where last year they had a pretty down year making the transition. Didn't seem like the 98 team was very good, but this year kicking it off Riley Herbst, very good to start Ryan Sieg, probably having the best year of his career. That 38 car for RSS has been strong as well with Retzloff behind yeah. the wheel. So it's been a good year, right. I think for Stuart Haas racing Xfinity cars to start off the season as well. So yeah, absolutely. That's been nice I to agree. see. So on the cup side here, we got 36 entered basically same as last week. No real changes in the entry list at all, except for the fact that Josh Balicki will drive the 77 uh, instead of Landon Castle at Darling. Oh, and no, Gregson will drive the 16. Uh, Daniel Hemrick drove it last week. So race picks, obvious race picks. Um, my race pick for the cup series. I'm going to go. I say Kyle Larson gets it done this week. I think he runs a solid race consistent runs the high That's side. Big, big. Hopefully doesn't yeah. hit it. Um, yeah. And he wins the race long shot, long shot. I'm going to go with last time I said, Ricky Stenhouse jr. Is my long shot. He got like a top three that race, which was crazy. So I'm going to go with him again. That team's been having some good starts, uh, some good races. Sometimes they just find themselves up there when you don't really expect it. Uh, so long mm -hmm. shot, long shot pick RSJ. Yeah, I think Stenhouse was pretty good. I remember last year, I know this is the next gen car, of course, but Ricky's coming off two consecutive top tens. Um, then last year, he was really good at Charlotte, you know, narrow kind of intermediate yep. track. So I like that pick. I might steal that one for the for the underdog, but I'm going to go Tyler Reddick first race win um, like only it. because this is the track along with Daytona where he has his most uh, starts in the cup series. Um, I think he ran here in 2019 as a second uh, cup series race and he impressed. I think he finished what, like eighth. I know yeah. the next gen car, all those things, of course, and this is not a night race. So things change, but should I do be. think, I do I think he, uh, he, it should be. Yes, absolutely. I thought about that a little bit earlier, but that's a whole different conversation for another yeah. day. You should dedicate a podcast to just, Race races that should be nighttime. Yeah, but yeah. So I'd say Tyler, and then my um, underdog will have to be, or my uh, you know, uh, dark horse will have to be. Oof, that's a tough pick, honestly, because I don't think any of these guys will win. You know, just make my dark horse for some reason. Got a decent feeling he'll run up there, Chris Busher. Why not? Yeah. Good pick. Good pick. Going to be a fun weekend for sure. Like I mentioned, Arca Trucks, Cup. I got the uh, weekend schedule right in front of me. I didn't even know NASCAR.com had this. It's actually pretty cool. It's right. I just see it all right here. Saturday. Yeah, I went over it uh, earlier. Yeah. yeah. Starts early and Tuesday ends late. Show. Starts early yeah. and ends late, man. Arca practice starts 1045 a.m. Obviously not, uh, not televised for anybody, unfortunately. If you want to keep track of it, go ahead and go on the Arca website. And watch it on the live feed. 
Then you got the truck series starts at noon practice and qualifying qualifying officially starts 1230 kind of right in that range. That's a little TV window that they got. And then that transitions us into the ARCA race at two o'clock PM Eastern, where we get to watch the Dutch boy at one from Kansas speedway. I'm sure that'll be fun. Once we get the entry list put out, uh, and then the Cup Series waits until oh yeah, because there's an arc race in front of that. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, the Cup race waits until five o'clock to start their practice and qualifying. That'll take about an hour, two hours, and the Cup Series practice qualifying will lead us into the Truck Race that will be on Saturday night. So the Truck Race will be a Saturday night in Kansas, uh, eight p.m. The Heart of America two hundred. And then the cup race, the Advent Health 400, the cup series will be on Sunday, primetime, 3 p.m. Eastern on FS1. Um, so there's the weekend schedule for Kansas Raceway. Uh, going to be a fun, uh, fun, fun little slate of events you got there going. No Xfinity series. They come back next week for Texas for a triple header all-star weekend. Um, so, Yeah. Truck race Saturday night. I think that'll be fun. Saturday night's under the lights. I didn't know the truck race was at night, so that is cool. We get a night race for the truck race. The ARCA race is at 5 o'clock, or no, ARCA race is at 2 o'clock on Saturday. So that is the Saturday race that we get. And then the cup race primetime on FS1. Do you think we get Do you think we get the race day stage this week or probably not because we're on FS1? Probably not because we're on FS1. I think that returns for Coca-Cola 600. Um, yeah, and, and that, that would probably, probably if we go we by it. that trend, yeah, that would be the last time we see it this year as we transition into yeah, NBC. Absolutely. Only got about so we got a races. peacock pit box. Hell yeah, the peacock pit box, baby. You know what I'm saying? Steve Tart up there and the gang kicking it off in yep. Nashville. Can't wait for that. But we still got this first half of the season to finish up here. So looking forward yep. to it. Thank you again, Matt, for joining me on the pod. It was great to talk about Darlington heading into Kansas. Excited uh, about this weekend. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. So thanks to Bet Online uh, for partnering with the podcast. Thanks to everybody for tuning in, and we will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.